This is Deion Dawkins, man, and you're listening to The Scoop on OwlScoop.com. You already know. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Scoop, OwlScoop.com's podcast, Season 8, Episode 32. I'm John DiCarlo. We've got a full house today of Kyle Gauss, Javon Edmonds, Caden Steele, who are down in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, this is our second episode of the week. A reminder to check out the episode we dropped yesterday with Hall of Fame defensive lineman Joe Klecko, who played at Temple under Wayne Harden before his career with the New York Jets. Uh, had a, a ton of fun talking to him. He was a great storyteller. So we hope you'll check that out. Guys, uh, before we get started, how's uh, how's Fort Worth? I've seen Instagram, a lot of barbecue. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm jealous at the TTN guys right now. Cause they went to this barbecue spot that I've been raving to Caden about for a week, um, without telling anyone. So, you know, I feel like the redheaded stepchild, I know they're going to listen to this when it comes out. So to all of you, you know, just feel so betrayed. Um, so already you're upset with us cause we're holding you back from good food. Oh no, 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 no. Not you guys. No, 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 no. This is, this, this happened yesterday while me, Caden and, um, Max are out getting a drink. Oh, okay. All right. yeah. Javon would have bailed on us for the barbecue if it was scheduled yeah. for right now. <laughs> yeah. You know that I'll put 50-50 odds on that, Kyle. No, I would I would have expected you. I'd be upset if you didn't. If you didn't Hayden, Hayden, you got a fresh cut for the trip? Yeah, I got a haircut about like five hours, six hours before the plane. So and then drove straight to Philly. But I think, you know, although I understand Javon's disappointment. The barbecue we had yesterday was still solid. It was still good. Javon, you enjoyed oh, it. Oh, listen, yeah, listen. Risky's was Risky's did the job. Yeah. If if John was there, he would have taken you to like Texas Roadhouse. No, like, I went to one guys. one chain restaurant in our, our time of going on road trips. It was PF Chang's in Nashville. I think you also went to we still, we still ate barbecue. In like Brooklyn, I think you also went to like a chain steakhouse with people it wasn't your decision i think it was like tw- you made the decision of letting 20 year olds decide where you were going to eat and they were like i don't know chain restaurant <laughs> maybe that maybe that happened i don't know nonetheless famous famous number 32 guys i want to go on record magic yeah i want to go on record i'm pissed we skipped 31 31 was a uh, guy i'm not pissed I'm 31 31 was a great episode joe klecko you should listen to that uh i wasn't on it so i don't have any, i don't have the best picture of all time in greg maddox uh, like 31 was a good one. Well, you got, you got your Greg Maddox in. There you go. 32 is like non-in-their-prime players. Like non-Sixers Dr. J. Non-Lakers Shaq is like when people wore 32. But you still got Magic and Charles Barkley. Sure. Yeah. But I say uh, Legion of Boom. 32. Oh, Cam Chancellor. Cam yeah. Chancellor. Javon, 31, Jamal Lewis. Throw him in there. Uh, I was just talking about him yesterday at the bar. Yeah. The plague on the NBA right now, like the, the shadow looming over the NBA's all-star game. Uh well, I know Carl Anthony Towns and Carl Malone. Yeah, Carl Malone. Yeah, Carl Malone. Malone. Yeah. Ricky Waters. Ricky, Ricky Waters. There we go, Caden. Yeah, I was wondering if you're gonna get that one. Some solid numbers there. So we're excited, guys, excited uh, for our listeners here because The Scoop now has a sponsor and an advertiser for the next year. And The Scoop is now brought to you by Greenspan and Greenspan Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured while on the road or the highway and the crash was someone else's fault, the insurance company will not be on your side. You need us. 
Temple Law grads who will fight hard to get the compensation that you deserve. We only get paid if we win. In PA or New York, call us today at 215-261-7359. Greenspan and Greenspan Injury Lawyers, Temple Made and Temple Tough. And we want all of you guys to understand as listeners that um, as we build you know, our, our relationship with, with advertisers, so many of these people have connections to either the podcast or have connections to to Temple. And we want to introduce to you today, Mike Greenspan of Greenspan and Greenspan Injury Lawyers. Mike has been a loyal Scoop subscriber. Uh, get to see him in Lot K every once in a while. And, uh, you know, he's listened to the podcast for a long time. And uh, we we want wanted Mike to come on today and share his Temple story because it's cool when you have an advertiser who has a connection to the product and to the podcast. So, uh, Mike, thanks for hopping on Zoom with us today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Look forward to sponsoring the scoop. Mike, you were tell just before you started recording, you were you you showed us this great picture of you and your dad from 1986 watching a game at, at the Palestra. And um just tell us about your temple story, like how you got connected, the, the relationship with your father and what it what it all means to you. Sure. Temple has been an important part for my entire family. My grandpa Joe emigrated to Philadelphia from Russia in 1923. He didn't speak English, but there was a program at Temple at night where he was able to learn how to speak English. So through that, it started uh, there. And then my dad came to Temple as a college student in 1951 and spent seven years on North Broad Street. And for his entire life, he has been so grateful for the education that he received at Temple, both undergrad and in law school, and for having the opportunity because the important thing is to remember back in those days, their financial aid and scholarships just did not exist. So there was even a semester that Temple let him register with $10. Try going to Bursar's office now and see how, how far that'll work with $10. No, that won't work. <laughs> and yet they let him register with $10 and he worked jobs at bottle factories, at teaching, at driving cabs whatever he did so he could earn money. But for his entire career, he always appreciated what he was taught at Temple. And it allowed him to build a substantial law practice in White Plains, New York, and argue in front of the Supreme Court of the United States twice. And even years and years later, he would see his former professors at Temple events and their first name basis. And uh, that's really what, what brought him in with Temple. And as a kid, he would take us, my family, my siblings and I, to Temple games. So we got to go to the old Temple Stadium and watch Temple football in the early 70s. Mm -hmm. The cheerleaders would toss out little plastic footballs into the stands. And I got to see people like Joe Klecko play. Mm -hmm. So that was a great interview you just did with him. And Thank you. Yeah. And uh, so got to see him and others and came time for me to go into college. It was a smart choice. Uh, went to Temple and that's where I met my wife. There you go. So it's been very important to you. What's that? Just one last uh, like football question for you, because I've seen you so many times in Lot K. I mean, what's your view of um, obviously the, the program took a dip, uh, we can say, under the Rod Carey era, but it, you've, you've been with it for so many years and you know just how bad a condition the program was in. It almost got dropped in 2004 and we know how sparse the crowds were at the vet when they were playing games at Franklin Field. When the program really got revived and kickstarted with Al, and then 2015 
college game days in. What was like? What was that like for you as a fan? Because you had all the backstory and the and the history of just seeing how bad it was. It was really incredible to be able to be a part of that. I was fortunate enough to go to the Garden State Bowl as a kid with my dad in 1979. So I had no idea then it'd be 30 years before we get to go to another bowl game. And mm-hmm. my son and I went and fr- froze with you guys in, in, in D.C. Oh, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. So sitting through some really, really difficult games where I'm sure a lot of people would have family saying, why are you doing this? Why are you mm-hmm. subjecting yourself to watching this? And then being able to go and see game day or even earlier that year at Penn State. I had grown up seeing Temple lose to Penn State close, get crushed by Penn State. But in the start of the fourth quarter after Temple scored and seeing the Penn State fans leaving, and for the first time, wow, we are finally going to beat them. My dad and I were there, the family, and that was enjoyable. And even that Notre Dame game, even though they lost, I had never, ever been part of a game where basically we stood the entire game chanting, screaming, you know. And it was so exciting. And knowing that Temple had come from so low, and there they were on national TV with people like Kirk Herbstreit, who had criticized Temple for having uh, fewer fans attend a football game than at a basketball game back in the in the, in the uh, day. Mm-hmm. It was incredible to be part of. That's awesome, Mike. Mike, before we let you go, tell us about just... Uh... You know, how your business has grown. You know, you just you guys uh, were explaining to me that you just opened uh, a virtual office uh, in Delaware County. Now, just tell people a little bit about how you guys have expanded and why you decided to expand into Delaware County now in the Philadelphia area. Sure. Well, we basically handle uh, injury cases. That's what I like to focus on. I have the opportunity that my associate is now with us, who is a Temple Law grad and it's going to be based out of Philadelphia the Philadelphia area and Delaware County. So we figured let's take advantage of it. Let's have the opportunity to bring our services, not only from New York, but down there and being able to give people the opportunity to know that if they want attorneys who learned on North Broad Street, we're going to be able to use that. That's awesome, Mike. Mike, this was fun. I really appreciate it. Can't tell you uh, how much we appreciate you sponsoring the scoop. And uh, like I said, just wanted to get your voice on the pod here so people could know who you are and, and why you're special to us and why your, your sponsorship is special to us. So really appreciate you listening to the pod and uh, hopefully we'll see you soon. Certainly. Again, appreciate having you on and it's great. It's great to have the scoop. Thanks, Mike. We really appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. All right. So a big thank you to Mike Greenspan again, really very much uh, happy to have him as a sponsor of the scoop again, Greenspan and Greenspan injury lawyers. Uh, they'll be sponsoring the scoop from the next year. Uh, guys, you're in Fort Worth for a reason. Before we get to that, yes, I want to take take some time, all seriousness, to let people know I appreciate all the reaching out, the texts, the tweets, the phone calls. Um, oh. Yes, it's true. Jim Beheim did retire. It is a great day for college <laughs> basketball for Kyle Gauss. I was going to bring the that world, up. the world in general. I was I was going to bring that up. That uh, God, that clip. I listened to it probably 20 times yesterday and kept laughing harder and harder each time. I understand his significance in college basketball. I understand that, you know, people consider him a great coach because he lucked into a generational player one time. And other than that has disappointed in every other run he's ever had. Um, But look, I feel happier today than I was yesterday. I'll just say that. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot believe that Kyle started that whole soliloquy off with, 
in all serious. I, I smirked as <laughs> soon as I said I was serious. Like, I felt my face. I was like, give it away. Yeah, if you didn't have Carmelo Anthony and makes that one run where, like, Grant's like, you had the best player in college basketball, and he, like, willed you to a national championship. Other than that, it was a career disappointment. Wait, you wouldn't know it. You wouldn't know it. title or two? He had one, right? Bayheim has one title, five yeah. Final Four appearances. Yeah, he only, he only had lost, the, the mellow one. And they lost to Indiana, what was in 86, when Keith Smart hit that baseline jumper? Don't know. It wasn't a left. <laughs> Ronnie Cycli. I mean, he's had some uh, – Derek Coleman. But, yeah. If you, listen, tell if everybody, you exclusively listen to his press conferences, you would think that he's lost six games in his career. Yeah. but And, like, we should all just be happy to be interviewing him. I was. I understand I was, the hypocrisy in this, but like, I don't have time for just like people that are just such assholes, and like that's mm-hmm. their thing. I understand the hypocrisy in that, but like, I'm so happy. He <laughs> he was. Um, the, what what sparked Kyle's ire was the just the condescension, right? In the the 2011 or 2012 game was it 2012? December 2012, right? The, where, and Anthony Lee. Yeah, we're we're. Uh, Khalif White, Anthony Lee, and Temple beat Michael Carter Williams in Syracuse a few days before Christmas up to the Garden. At the Garden, yeah. And and Beheim was just so condescending. That was I, like I, a streak of condescending. He was condescending to me. He was condescending like to two, months, two months to Daniel O'Neill. Then I think Andy Katz asked him like something about retiring at the end of the year. And mm-hmm. he was like, well, do you ask players about And Andy Katz like, yeah, we do it every year. We ask our people coming back and they handle it with more grace than you do. And Dana's, yeah, Dana's piece in The Athletic was so good. And I'm so glad that she, and it was fair. It was fair, but she still skewered him in a fair way. And I loved it because like he was so condescending to her and she's literally one of the, the best writers in the entire country. Again, asked him like a very fair question that day. And he was just, I don't know. But yeah, the, the clip of, of Kyle a few years ago, just going off on Beheim is... Uh, yeah, she might be fair. I have no obligation to be fair. <laughs> Javon, Caden, any strong opinions either way on uh, on Jim Beheim? Um, not really. Syracuse was actually like the first college basketball team that I uh, watched closely. Um, fifth grade, we had what was called a probability project um, in, in class. Uh, and our probability project was filling out a bracket. And then they assigned like each class in the school a team to root for, and we got assigned the the mighty Syracuse Orange. So uh, that's my relationship to Syracuse, I guess. It's it's wild. I it's weird. I go to one site and I see one win total, and I go to another site and I see another one. What happened to all those wins, Jim? Where'd all those wins go, Jimmy? <laughs> I want to see Kyle and and, and Beheim meet up in person just one time. We have. <laughs> that was what sparked this. Yeah. <laughs> and then see, but I didn't see it, you know? That's the thing. And yeah, where were, where were you in December of 2012? In that math class. <laughs> no, actually, no. December 2012 was middle school. So that's not that class. Hayden's just, just chewing gum right now, waiting to eat his, his first meal because he slept in until, what, 20 minutes ago in Fort Worth? No, I was up by a 10. Wasn't that oh, bad? Rough. Rough life. Rough life. Yeah, rough life. Anyway, was, anyway, what did you say? I was going to offer Syracuse. I feel like Syracuse has been uh, the most irrelevant program since I've started watching it. They haven't been that good. I've never been a Syracuse person because they've never been good. No? That Carmelo team they had, um, Kim Warwick from Philly, was like the number two on that team. Hold Ended on. up playing a while with the Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. I, I hate to go against the green. No, you know, no. 
I love Kyle and Caden, but I'm not just going to sit here and say they've been irrelevant our whole lifetime, Caden. Like that number one, they make a final four. Like the mellow about, team. Yeah. Number two, the Tyler Ennis team was pretty good. Raheem Christmas, Michael Carter Williams, like the Orange have had some good basketball. They had a stretch like 2013 and 2016. They made like a final four like two out of four years, so they were yeah. really good then. Since then, though, like it has fallen off. Mm-hmm. Since he didn't have a play, uh, son to pluck up from Canisius or whatever to come shoot 12 threes a game. Buddy Behind. Buddy Behind. Well, as I was saying, Javon and uh, and Caden are in Fort Worth for a reason. We're recording this on Thursday afternoon. Temple and Cincinnati are in that 4-5 game tomorrow at 3 p.m. on ESPN2 in the quarterfinal round of the American Athletic Conference Tournament. The Owls win, they would, of course, barring a major upset, face Houston on Saturday at 3. If they were fortunate enough to get past Houston, then it's likely Memphis or Tulane. On the other side of the bracket, Temple, of course, 16-15 and 15 overall, 10-8 in the conference during the regular season. These two teams split during the regular season. Temple played probably, I guess, one of its better games of the year on New Year's Day. They beat the Bearcats 70-61. to 61. And then, of course, a couple of weeks ago, they lost 88-83, uh, February 22nd in Cincinnati. Cincinnati's 20 and 11 overall, 11 and 7 in conference play. Uh, third best offense in the league, fourth best defense in the league. Um, but they've got, you know, a very well balanced team. Now, Temple's played them tough, of course. You know, again, their, their loss was an overtime loss. But um, one guy they did not do a good job of defending was Landers Nolly, who had 20 against them in that overtime win, scored eight in overtime. Nobody could stop him, including the first six. Um, and then David DeJulius, third-team all-conference pick. Uh, we should note that Temple only had one all-conference player, Damian Don, on the third team. Uh, a plus, of course, is that Temple will have Jaleel White back for this game. They lost him to an ankle injury in that overtime loss to Cincinnati, and it it certainly hurt him you know, because they had nobody who could defend all a special, especially in overtime. I would have to think that Jaleel might have been on him. Uh, and then in Nolan and DeJulius, you've got two guys that have uh, transferred into the program just a really, really well-balanced roster. We know Temple could win this game. Again, they split with Cincinnati, but uh, I guess it's fair to say that since he's got the better and deeper and more consistent roster. So how does Temple win this game? They've had time to prepare. They've shown that they could beat them. But if they beat them, how is it happening? I think Temple has to, outside of Damian Dunn, they need another guy to step up in scoring. We all watched the game when they last played Cincinnati. Damian Dunn broke a 1,000 points. I think Heiser Miller, you know, played pretty solid in that game, but I think they need that second and third scoring option to really step up because, like you mentioned, John, Cincinnati, although Temple's had their number recently, you know, they won that game. They're probably feeling good about that, you know, kind of that streak was over, and they have a lot of depth and different scoring options, and they all kind of do something different. Landers Noli and Skillings and DeJulius, like they all provide something differently than Temple, and I think they're a deeper team scoring-wise. So if Temple doesn't have that second or third guy step up, whether that's Zach Hicks or Heisier Miller, I don't see them, you know, winning this game. They haven't been a good offensive team all year long, and they've been really inconsistent at that, and they really have to somehow, you know, find that group because I don't think they can just win this game by playing good defense. Um, Some basketball games just don't need analysis. <laughs> this falls under that category. <laughs> Bottom line is Temple beats Cincinnati twice a year. That's been the trend. They have not beaten them twice yet. This is the second one. I was telling Caden yesterday, the, the bracket shaped out exactly how Temple wanted it. You get a team that you normally beat twice to start off with. 
this is who you have is Kyle is coughing his lungs up right now. I hope he's doing okay. Um, and then I just next, spit soda like all over my monitor. <laughs> okay. Um, and then next, you get Houston, a team that you have beaten before, so you know you can beat, which would set up either Tulane or Memphis at the end. Tulane, a team that uh you were swept by this year, just like Memphis. The teams that you have been swept by, you save for last. You know how hard it is to beat a team three times a year in college basketball? I hate that phrase. <laughs> I, hate Listen, that. I know. I know you hate it, Kyle. I was contemplating not saying it to appease you today. People always say in the NFL, too. They're like, oh, well, the Giants got beat, smacked by the Eagles two or three times. But See, you know, that's different. When, you're, when the Eagles are just that much better than the Giants, you know, like I think it applies when there's not that far of a margin. But yeah, especially like this level of college basketball. There's probably some fairness to that. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So it's like you get the two teams you know you can beat first, and then at the end, it's the guys who have to beat you for a third time. Not a bad bracket for Temple. There's not much analysis that goes into it. And you're hoping it's Memphis at the end because if Memphis gets to Sunday, they're, they're locked into the tournament. They might be locked in already. So now you're the team with everything to lose and everything to gain against a team with nothing to lose but one or two spots on the seed line. Mm -hmm. It it, it worked out exactly the way Temple should want it to. So go ahead, just go beat Cincinnati for the second time. However you normally beat them, go do it again. Go play as hard as you can against Houston on Saturday and get yourself to the tournament on Sunday. Will it happen? You know, my money says hell no on it. But, you know, this is the best path for Temple. I thought – I thought you just predicted a win. I'm going to tell everybody that you predicted a win. Oh, yeah, no, no. They're going to beat Cincinnati. I'm just not, you know, saying anything about the next two days. That's all. Hmm. I mean, I think all things equal, you still would have preferred to be the number three seed and just be on the other side of the tournament from uh, Houston. But, yeah, like, I, it's not unreasonable for me to close my eyes and be like, they beat Cincinnati and then play Houston tough. Like, that could happen. Yeah, like, they've played Houston tough at times. Like, they played Houston tough for three out of four quarters. And then that fourth quarter, or was three out of four halves. And then that fourth half was just bad. Um, I mean, just to add, I kind of agree with a lot with Javon's statement. Not every basketball game needs analysis because some of them are just like, look, like it's been 32 games and you kind of know the pecking order of who's good and who's not in the conference. But to give some, like Cincinnati shoots a lot, shoots pretty well, like corner threes. That's kind of what they do is their thing. I think they shoot like 41% from the corners, which is a lot higher than the national average. They're really good at actually finishing at the rim and in the paint, which Temple is not. Um, I kind of just go off vibes and Temple and Cincinnati in basketball, like Javon's talked about, Temple usually kind of like plays well against Cincinnati. Is like a, at least last four or five years. I could see Temple beating this and then just getting like the rails beat off them on Saturday. But I'll say it. I think they're going to win. I think they're going to finally win a game in Fort Worth, which I did not think an hour ago. But... <laughs> I'm also, I have the bliss of, okay, so I'm flying tomorrow at 4.15 or whatever. So it's going to be like, I'm not going to see the second half. Do I do the free TV on the airplane or do I just live in blissful ignorance for an hour and then figure it out when I land? What to see. What do you do if you're not watching the game? What's blissful ignorance? Do you fall asleep? I am a huge plane sleeper. I love it. Because, like, I'm, I've always said this before. I'm always, like, I love, like, post-bar Ubering because it's just time travel. You just wake up 45 minutes later in a different place. Flying adds an extra element to that because you're in a different state. You're just, like, going, you go, oh, crap, I'm in a whole other world right now. And it was just a snap to me. I'll probably actually watch it. But 
Javon, Caden, do you, did you guys have a good flight down there? Are you guys good flyers? Are you anxious flyers, middle of the road flyers? Good flight. Yeah. My my first flight, and Caden is just such a a butthole. Um, like once he <laughs> once he found out it was my first flight, he's like, "Oh man, you're wait, 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 wait." This is your first flight yesterday. Yeah, Kyle, I am the stereotypical middle class. Oh, I'm not talking. About, I just yeah, I, I don't. I, I'm very. I want. I want you to walk me through every feeling. Um, takeoff was smooth. Um, I'm actually like a great pilot on Grand Theft Auto, so like, I kind of <laughs> knew what to expect. Um, so you yes, know, the they wind, got a tailwind right now. We're really good. <laughs> yeah, like the wind tilting the plane every now and then while we're taking off. I'm like, no, this is normal. I'm cool. Didn't feel bad. Now landing on the other hand. I'm like, all right, Mr. Pilot, let's let's smooth this out now, because uh, you know, every time I'm riding with my friend on the game and it goes like this, you know, plane crashes. So let's go ahead and smooth this thing out. But you know, he did his thing. Um, no, not bad at all. I'm glad the guy next to me got up and moved his seat because my legs would not have made it through that flight had he not. Like God bless his heart, wherever he is. Did you liquid courage it at the airport? No. Oh, well, that's a mistake right there. Airport drinking, him? airport drinking, top three drinking in the world. Why did you call Caden a, a butthole? Which I haven't heard. That. I don't think I've actually heard that term in earnest since like 1989. So you watched Beavis uh, and Butthead. Once he found out it was my first flight, he's like, "Oh man, you're lucky you're not sitting next to me because I was just going to terrorize you the whole flight." Caden, <laughs> what, what would you have done? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. What does terrorizing the whole flight mean? I wasn't terrified. I occasionally looked at Javon and gave him a glance when the plane started shaking and made the name <laughs> a slightly dramatic face. But overall, <laughs> though, the flight wasn't that bad. I kind of came into it provoking Javon saying, you know, my first, not my first flight, but my first flight on Spirit, which I was like, oh, shit. But oh, you, know, you flew Spirit. You flew Spirit. Yeah. Oh, no. But, you yeah. flew a Scepter of the Sky, Javon. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it went good, though. Like, I didn't see what the Spirit complaints were about that. Scepter of the Sky. I hadn't heard that before. I thought it was, it was Frontier. Was... I thought you guys were flying Frontier, no? Frontier on the way back. Okay. So slight, slight upgrade. No, they'll, they'll be the same air, like airplane or air, what's word, air carrier in like three years because both of those are going to have to merge at some point. Yeah. Um. I will tell just to kind of go back to my flying story a little bit. Uh, I have, I have a, uh, a memory of like 2017. I'm in Hawaii and I'm flying from one island to another. And you got, we got just high enough. It's during Temple of George Washington, 2017. Um, they got high enough, loose cell phone reception. The plane dipped enough that I got cell phone reception, got the notification saying George Washington beat Temple. And then it went back up and I lost cell phone reception. <laughs> so I literally just got like a, a little ping from God being like, by the way, Temple basketball lost to a mediocre A10 team. And then just couldn't see anything <laughs> else. There you go. Maybe I'll get that on tomorrow. Temple now, you loses guys are, the middle of pack American team. <laughs> you guys are different hotels or the same hotel? Different. Yeah, so, uh, you know, these guys weren't specific about what uh, La Quinta they were in. So I wound up booking one like 10 minutes away from them. Is it La Quinta or La Quinta? La Quinta, probably. Yeah. Is it La Quinta? La Quinta in? La Quinta. La Quinta. La Quinta in. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> what were you going to say, Caden? To be fair, you never asked for the exact address. Max said you the address. You booked it one day Listen, listen. Max didn't send the address. He just sent the name of the hotel. Okay, and he didn't send which specific one. He just put La Quinta. Look, there's something to be said about privacy within a hotel, though. You don't have to worry about running into people. You can kind nope. of do your own thing. 
Now it's like, I wasn't mad. It's like, oh, now this feels like an actual vacation. I get to get away from all this. <laughs> yeah. Now it feels like spring break. Let's go. You be the be the best, Javon. You can be down there. That I can be. There you go. Um, when, when I got back from the conference tournament champion, or actually the NCAA of my senior year, I got back to a house where the uh, shit pipe had burst while I was gone mm. in North Philadelphia. So hopefully you guys do not return to the same experience. I remember that. I remember that story. I feel like Kyle just flexed on us. I came up, I came up at 2 a.m. I walk, we flew back. I get back at like 1 a.m., 2 a.m., and everybody in my house is just there with their shirts over their mouths and be like, yeah, shit pipe broke. <laughs> like, okay, Ooh. great. There's no real segue, <laughs> no segue out of that, but we do have a few basketball mailbag questions to get to. And we also, I didn't say this at the outset of the show, we have a, a Colin Thompson interview to play for you guys. No spring football this week. The team is on spring break, but the meaning to catch up with, with Colin, I uh, talked about his season with the Panthers, the difficulties of just, you know, seeing Matt rule get fired and now Collins in between teams, but we'll, we'll get to that in a few minutes. We do have some, some mailbag questions to get to for basketball a uh, couple funny ones here. Um, this first one from Esther Boyer from the basketball message board. How far would this Temple team go in the NCAA tournament if Furkan Korkmaz was on the roster? We're talking I, about like, come on, let's let's come on, Kyle, go ahead. I'm not. No, I'm curious this. where you go with this because I think I have a. I think I I might I think I might have an outside take on this. So I'm curious what you think. Like, come on, he, 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 no, they don't go to the tournament just because Cork Maz. Hurricane Cork Maz averages 25 points a game in the American. Like, you think so? Yeah. How like, many games did they lose this year because they just couldn't hit a shot or two? They beat Memphis with them. They beat, I, I think they're like a 2021 team. Yeah, like I, I only have to explain this to you. Like, I think you fully understand this, Javon, but like the difference between like American Athletic professional Conference it, yeah, and the yeah. NBA is like, Furkan Korkmaz is like, it's not like this is some guy that's never appeared in the NBA. Like he legitimately carved out a role in the NBA for a couple of years. He's a like player of the year in this or Like he's, yeah. he's a first team all conference guy in this. In this yeah. Conference. Takes the pressure off of somebody else. You know, how many times do they pop the ball around when they are moving the ball? And then it gets to Jaleel and God bless his heart. He just can't shoot. And yeah. when they pop the ball over to him and he can knock down a few threes. Here's my thing. We're talking about popping the ball over. Since when does this team know how to pop the ball over? To let me let me go with this scenario. Just let me come <laughs> with this mailbag question. I mean, but I, then, I you think, know, Furcon would be able to isolation score in this conference. I think like they would have been at – I think they would have been like a Memphis-level team in this conference with him. And then all of a sudden that's like – it's the same thing you were talking about right now. Like is Memphis already kind of locked into the tournament? I think Temple would already be locked into the tournament. Hmm. I can agree with that. It's just Furkan just rubs me the wrong way. Sure, like, because just, he's a frustrating the NBA player. Level player, you know. Yeah, but like, no, yeah, you're definitely right. Six or seventh best conference in college basketball, he would, he would dominate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seven, seven. Yeah. Um, quest. Next question here. The screen name is Acton. No, Fuber. eighth, Kyle. What? I'll, I'll say eighth best behind the Mountain West too. This year, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, historically, no, but yeah. Like, yeah. Kane, do you have any you have any strong takes on on Furk here and what he could do with the team? Uh, I'm a Furk on Corkman's hater. I like, I don't think he's very good in the NBA, but no doubt in this conference, he'd be the best player. He'd be better than almost. He'd be better than Sasser. He'd be better than Kendrick Davis. Just the the level of talent is so different. And that's not saying he's a good NBA player, but like like this conference, like Javon, whether you want to say it's the seventh or eighth best conference, Corkman would come in, and you have the best player in the conference. You're probably making the tournament. Awesome. He's only 25. He wouldn't even be the oldest guy in the conference. No, he like, wouldn't. Like, it's not unreasonable to think that this six, seven-year NBA vet could plug into the American. Yeah. 
Stephen yeah. DeAndre Williams. Oh man, <laughs> who is good, man? He's had a he's had a nice season from Memphis. Kyle, we're not Kyle. John. If I were twenty six, I'd be cooking guys too. What are we talking about? You that much size in twenty six? You better be cooking some nineteen year old. <laughs> Nevertheless, he's good. This is like legitimate. Like that's a legitimate point. Yes. It's like a twenty six year old man is just like physically a lot different than an eighteen year old. Like yeah. Yeah, what is happening to college sports? We've spanned uh, spanned a uh, little bit of everything in answering that one. Um, this next one again, the screen name is Acton Four from the Basketball Message Board. John, I think your interview with John Baum may be the best piece of work you've done. Nice job, thank you, Acton Four. Appreciate that. As the season finally and thankfully comes to an end, an update on the players that left Broad Street to actual greener pastures would be of interest. Um, and then I asked him, uh, "Did you mean the guys that transferred?" out of the program this past year, or you mean all time, then 82 Al, another one of our users said, for what it's worth, why not uh, to go over an all-time list of players who transferred? Uh, as for the guys who who left, um, hey, Quincy Ademokoya is going to the tournament with Kennesaw State, um, averaged a shade of a shade over four points a game uh, as, uh, as a bench piece for them. Jake Forrester averaged six and a half points a game down at St. Louis. Jeremiah Williams got hurt before the season started. Missed the whole season. Obviously, I think that's. I think we can all say that was Temple's biggest loss um, in the portal. Uh, who else left? Who else left? Um, Sage Tolbert. Sage Tolbert, who ended up where? San Jose State. That's right, San Jose State. Um, uh, they had a decent season in the Mountain West, and um, he kind of looked like what you what you wanted him to look like at Temple, like a nine and nine, nine and seven guy. You're like, oh yeah, that's what you thought you were getting. Josh Pierre Louis going to the tournament, right? Yeah. So look, I don't want to give back a few years. I don't want to give advice to an entire family, but like, how can nobody in that family shoot? Like, he's Uh, a four year guy at at that school now, that Santa Barbara, that like he just has not learned how to shoot. He shoots uh like fifty, like forty eight percent from free throws. Like he's just the exact same player. Uh Bronze. Teach your kids to um, shoot. Oh, I don't want to. On the on the Louis is a Franz Pierre Louis is a guy with was a guy with some opinions. Was a very good player, very good college basketball player. Wagner played overseas, but he says he's a fiery guy. What were you going to say, Javon? I'm sorry. Whose sons can't shoot? No, I was going to say <laughs> on the note of uh, Jake Forrester and the St. Louis Billikens. Um, I feel bad for what they've got coming to them in this tournament, especially Forrester when they see Virginia Commonwealth. Uh, H. Baldwin is pissed that Yuri Collins made the Jerry West watch list, and he didn't, even mm-hmm. though H. won Conference Player of the Year and Defensive Player of the Year in the A-10. So, uh, yeah, I feel bad for what's going to happen to St. Louis when they run into the Rams. Mm-hmm. Jake's having – Jake's literally, like, it's like you copy and paste his Temple career. Mm-hmm. It's like – it's the same thing. Like, he can score when he's on the court. Mm-hmm. He just can't play more than, like, 18 minutes a game and mm-hmm. doesn't pass the ball. But, like, he's having the exact – I'm sure they're getting exactly what they thought they were going to get from Jake Forrest. Yeah. You want to go way back? Uh, Johnny Miller, who I think I drafted in the later rounds of our Al Scoop draft, was that some guys that have drafted that have transferred out? Transferred out. Johnny Miller to Clemson. I, it would have been fun to see him stay at Temple because he just had unreal range. Jonathan Haynes. Uh, God, I was in like what? Uh, that was what early nineties. Was a really promising recruit. Never ended up really playing at Temple. Then I think he went to Manor Junior College. Ended up at Nova for a few years. Never really turned into like a super dynamic guard at Villanova, but a guy that who never panned out uh, at Temple. Uh, Everyone's favorite big man. Anthony Lee? Keith Butler. Oh, Keith Butler ended up at Went DePaul. Went to DePaul, right? right? Yep. 
Um, uh, a guy who I think legitimately, like, I was, it felt weird at the time because, like, he was playing, but I guess he wasn't playing as much. Aaron Brown went on to have, like, a really good career. Yeah, he did. He went to Southern Miss, sat out, but then he went to, like, Boston College and was, like, a 15-point-a-game guy in the ACC. So, like, that was the thing. Like, if he had stuck around, like, would they have – I'm sure they would have won more than nine games that one year without Mm -hmm. him or with him. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about Aaron Brown. Aaron Brown was pretty good. Uh, uh, Craig Williams went to TCU, had, like, Mm -hmm. a a good career, a good season. But for the most part, like, it doesn't usually work out that well. Historically, like I was talking to somebody about this the other day, like even just from outside Temple, it's rare that like you transfer up in college basketball and like just hit the ground running. Like it's it's not as common as it is in football. In football, you see Arnold Abiquetti's go up to the Big Ten and just keep keep producing because they're just like good players. Basketball, it's rarer for you to go from like the American to the Big Ten and then mm-hmm. keep going. You saw it with Anthony Lake. Basketball is yeah. just a little more nuanced and more more difficult. That's yeah. how it is. Yeah, I think it's just like basketball there's times especially with big men where it's just like if you're going like there's no like football everybody has 300 pound offensive linemen right no matter what level you go to in college football everyone's got like 300 pound guys in basketball it's just like look there's not you get to some of these lower conferences and they don't have six nine guys they're they're playing a six guy six eight six seven guy in the paint and anthony lee could kind of score against them then he went to the big 10 and they got big guys in the big 10 and he never got any burn all right, so like I was saying a few minutes ago, did get the chance recently earlier this week to catch up with Colin Thompson. Of course, he's been a regular contributor to the scoop. Hadn't had him on in a while. Um, still hoping to play a couple more seasons in the NFL. Uh, was on the Panthers practice squad for much of the season. Had a calf injury they never really recovered from. But yeah, a, a tough season for Colin and the Panthers. Again, of course, Colin watches a guy who's been a mentor to him, Matt Rule, lose his job. Um, but then the, the Panthers almost made the playoffs. And uh, um, so Colin just caught us up on what he's been up to, um, what he's doing to, to stay ready, stay prepared, how he's grown his, his podcasting business, uh, what it was like to, you know, to have a friendship with a guy like Christian McCaffrey and play with him. And he's got this great anecdote in here about how he caught up with, uh, with Scott Fitter not long after he made that trade. And Scott Fitter is really just telling him like, I, I can't believe I just traded that guy. You know, so um, a lot of good stuff from Colin here. So we'll, we'll we'll play this and then close out the the episode with a couple minutes of uh, spring football talk here. All right. So it's been a while since we've had this guy on the scoop. Certainly happy to have him back. NFL tight end, former Temple tight end, and a, and a frequent guest of the scoop, Colin Thompson, joining us from Annapolis, Maryland, where he lives with his wife, Sydney. What's up, buddy? How are you? I'm doing great, man. I owe everything to the scoop. I people say, "How'd you get into podcasting?" Well, I lost my job in the NFL, and uh, I was training at Temple. And John's like, "Hey, you want to come on our show?" So we sat down in your office, and we put a Yeti mic in the middle of us. And what, we, yep. what were we using at the time to record Audacity? I think so. Yeah. And we just yelled into a mic at each other. And I was like, okay, I can find a way to do this. So yep. thank you, Al Scoop, for starting my media company and my podcast career. How's it How's it going? I mean, you've really, before we get to the the, the football piece of things, I mean, you've really grown this thing. Uh, you have what, six or seven different podcasts now? Yeah, I think we're at, officially we have six running, up and running, like weekly shows, pretty much. Our football shows took a little bit of a break. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's been fun. I mean, from when we... When I was in your office trying to figure this thing out mm-hmm. to when I was taking the train back and forth from Doylestown to work out of Temple because Jeff Collins is like really abrasive and Dave Feely, the strength coach at the time, who's now at Duke, 
they're just like, Hey, you can work out here, whatever you need. We'll do your laundry for you. You can, you know, shower and all the trainers you want. You got it. So I was like, okay, well, let me just work and do this podcast stuff on the train and bring my laptop and go to work that way. And then I'll work out. So I was like constantly working and trying to find, and then training, of course, trying to get back in the league. It's all the same stuff I'm doing now, podcasting meetings, and then working out. So yeah, we have six, seven shows. We have our first team meeting tonight in a long time, you know, Mm -hmm. but everybody's virtual, which has been really unique and fun. So I have some of your former students that are a part of not for long media. I have kids that are still in college. I have grown men, you know, Harry Mays and Jason Martinez that are part of the media company. So uh, it's been really fun. And, you know, more of a marketing company for some shows. And then some shows were a podcast company because we got to sell marketing or we got to produce the show or whatever it is. So we do a little bit of everything and it's been really fun. I know right now you're between teams and I know your goal is to play at least a couple more years in the league. But even this year when you were doing it, um, you're on the practice squad, but I don't have to tell you, you have to stay ready you know life on the practice squad is just not like kick your feet up and relax yeah. you, you are constantly i would imagine there's like a little bit of healthy anxiety to it like you got to be ready how did you make time for it i know you are very organized you're very dynamic but how did you make time for this while still you know playing in the nfl i think a common misconception that people have about professional athletes is you don't have any time for anything mm-hmm. you know and i and again i've talked about it to some of your students before i've talked to you about it i go in the morning Mm-hmm. I'm 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 an earlier guy, so I get mm-hmm. in there at seven. Our team meetings at eight thirty or nine. I'll eat. I watch tape. I do all my rehab and stuff in the morning, and then throughout the day, I take care of my lift. And obviously, we have meetings in practice. And then by four thirty, people are starting to leave the building. All right, so I get out of there by five thirty. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I do an hour at the house. You know, it's no mm-hmm. big deal. And then we work like full days like that, really two days a week. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday's a half day. You're home by one. If you're a home game, Saturday's a half day and you don't travel. Yeah. So really you're looking at, we're spoiled. And then Monday you travel because so you have the game on Sunday. Obviously it's a big deal. And then mm-hmm. Monday you have a half day again. So there's time. And then Tuesday we're completely off. So there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of time to do this. And the nice thing is like prep wise for me, which is really the big hurdle, right? Like if I had a podcast about Harry Potter, I'd have to read like, hundreds of Harry Potter, you know, pages a night with is this, this one, you, is this you breaking the news that you're going to start a Harry Potter podcast? No, absolutely. No, I wish maybe after our trip to London, that's coming up here in a couple of days. Yeah. Uh, but like, you know, there's a lot of time. So for me to like talk about uh, a pass interference call that happened on Sunday in another game, I've seen the highlight 50 times. Like I can comment on that. And then I talk about like different things that mean stuff to me whether it's a hockey game or a bar of the week or, you know, uh, uh, a quote from a coach that I love. They're like giving somebody their flowers. At a, so it's really easy. It's like really no prep. I always say no prep. I'm always like, you prep all the time. I'm like, well, it's, I'm watching ESPN. Like it's so honestly to answer your question. Yeah. There's some business stuff now that it's like more of a media company and we have 20, you know, employees, quote unquote, mm-hmm. there's some organizing, but I have a great team really lucky with some of the people we have most of the people ever if not everybody um to help us make this thing go what um where do you get the ideas for for a new podcast because again i mean yes it is easier for you you're very you're very well-rounded very conversational even just like the the food bits like the the bar of the week 
Um, even the camps, I know they're not part of your podcast, but like you've, I've joked with you a million times, even when you were playing at Temple, you sounded like a 40 year old guy. You just had that, that wisdom about you, but I still sound 40. It may be late, late thirties, 38. Okay. Good. Well, at least as long as I still say the same, John. Yeah. I'm good. You know what I'm All saying? Right. Yeah. 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 It's a compliment. It's a compliment. But well, like, it's where do you weird get... when I get to 40 though, we're gonna be like, Oh shit. What yeah. <laughs> it's going to, you're going to blink and it's going to be here before you know it. Yeah. But um, I mean, how do you get ideas for them and how do they, how do you make sure that they work? Cause they are doing well. And you know, like it, it, it involves work and promotion and marketing, like we were just talking about, but yeah. where do you get an idea for it and how do you carve them out to where they all sort of complement one another in some way? And there's no you know duplicating things. That's a great question. So it's all kind of happened in a roundabout way. It really started when Brian O'Grady, who I went to high school with, who played at Rutgers and then played Cincinnati Reds, Padres, Rays, and now he plays over in Japan. He kind of came up to me and was like, hey, dude, can we start a baseball show together? I was on your podcast. Like, I think I could do this. I'm like, yeah. Okay, I'm going to make this a business model. Well, if you're really busy, all you got to do is press record on Zoom and my team will take it over. Right. Just like you do on here. Some people produce shows, some people make social media yeah. clips, some people, whatever. So I'm like, great. I can attract some pro athletes that have a busier schedule and say you've got 30 minutes twice a week. You can do that. So mm -hmm. he's like, let's start a baseball show. So it was breaking bats with Brian O'Grady. Mm -hmm. And then you're looking around, you're like, well, I want a fun, edgy baseball sh football show. That's not like my whole thing is like, I don't want us to be ESPN or Fox. Right. They have plenty of shows. They yeah. have all that. And we don't need to be Barcelona where we're like that far. I'm not saying right or left politics. I'm talking about like F-bombs and whatever. And yeah. I promote it on other shows, you know, like hot takes. You can say what you want. Some people come to my show and get nervous. Like I'm an NFL guy. You can't say that. You can say what you want about anybody in the league. I don't care. Yeah. It's not from my voice though. Yeah. <laughs> that, so, and everyone's like, that's um, you're towing the line. But to answer your question, they kind of evolve over time. Like we're going to have a baseball show. We need a football show that's edgy and we're going to, we're going to hire I hired or, you know, five women that run it. It's a completely woman run football show. Mm -hmm. uh, that's been awesome. And then you have somebody comes to me and says, Hey, look, you got a following you got this podcast, you're an NFL guy. Like, Hey, the same owner show. Can you help me do this? I reach out to AGs and Harry Mays and, you know, it's so everybody kind of fits in and then you grow enough. And then I think too, I'll be honest with you, John. Playing is huge. If you're mm -hmm. a player and you got to, and I try to employ young players. I'm like, if you want to, if you have a goal, do it right now because yeah. people will help you get to that goal faster and people will support you through it because you play. Right. But the minute you're done, and that's what I've done in the last two, three years, I have been head down full on the gas to try to make this media company jump because the minute you're done playing, it's like, he's a former player. And there's a lot of us that are former players. So yeah. um, answer your question in a roundabout way. How do they all come together? I have a great team like, and that's not like lip service. We have some really good people that work their ass off um, that I can't even pay enough money. I couldn't even put a salary on them because they just do a great job for us. So they make the seven shows go. I don't know if we've actually talked to you since before this podcast, since you got married, but tell us how Sydney's doing. Tell us how married life is. Married life is great. Um, it's been a blast. We're very fortunate. Um, to live in Annapolis, Maryland, we live a hundred yards from Navy Stadium where we won a championship not too long ago. It's kind of getting long at this point, but not too long ago. Uh, it's really you're fun. That, you're that close to the you're that close to the stadium. The Blue Angel, I'm a hundred yards from it. It's right behind me, right there. Wow. I, I look out of our front door, mm -hmm. look to the left, you can see the lights. You can see the flags on top of the stadium. So 
We stopped. We made a we made a stop on the way back. So we covered the covered Temple season opener at Duke that Friday night. Drove down, came back Saturday, and um, we're driving back. Took three hundred one back because I was just getting sick of ninety five. It's great. And we all need to stop, take a bathroom break. Got off there, and then as soon as I was getting off that exit, I thought, "Oh crap! There's a game today." And I got stuck in so much traffic, probably like that bathroom break went from like five minutes to an hour just because of all the traffic. I was like, well, hey, guys, here's uh, here's what Navy game day looks like. So uh, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. close by. You were down in, in uh, Charlotte at that point or wherever yeah. you guys were week one. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, yeah we're close by. Yeah. So we, we're, we're good, though, man. We, we, we moved here and my wife's and really all our friends. But really, my wife's all my wife's uh, teammates from college all live mm-hmm. here. She plays across in Florida. And this is a cross yeah. hub. So. Between Baltimore, D.C., and Annapolis, there's a dozen former Florida Gator lacrosse teammates. You know, all their husbands or boyfriends or girlfriends or whatever. So we have a great little kind of community of friends here. And um, it's been really fun. Um, mm-hmm. And then training-wise, it's great. There's some unreal physical therapists and strength coaches here that I work with. There's great gyms. And then I've actually befriended some people in the Navy football facility through some connections I have at Temple and and the Panthers. And um, – I'm able to train at the facility too. I have not this year, but I will moving forward. Mm-hmm. So it's been great. Uh, we love it here. There's so much going on. Huge St. Patty's Day parade yesterday. We didn't get to it, but like it's a lot of big community, state capital, but also a small town feel like Cape May, which we loved. There's mm-hmm. a little bit more going on. Yeah. This was Colin. This was obviously a tough season for you. you you're your former head coach, a guy who's been incredibly special to you in your life and your career. Matt Rule was let go during the season tough season for you guys overall you had the injury the calf injury that hampered you uh, i mean i'm sure it's probably you can't something that you can't sum up in 100 words but what was it like to just process this this past year of your career it was really tough but also really fun and an adventure like they all just different chapters in a book so you know you just kind of close a chapter and you move on whether it's good bad or indifferent and mm-hmm. you know good and bad i'm older now so i've seen a lot of different things I've been through, you know, it was probably the most frustrating year for me with a soft tissue injury, which I never had before, mm-hmm. which is a part of the game. It's football. You know, we're not playing whatever sport it's, it's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen at some point you're going to miss some time. So it's the first time I really missed in the seven years of playing pro ball, uh, yeah. a significant time other than maybe like a two or three days. Mm-hmm. So I missed some time and I came back after the season and finished the year on the practice squad. And it was great. And our group ahead of us, really matured and group ahead of me, they stepped in and played great. So I'm, you know, you're, Hey, it's part of the game. Go ahead, tear it up, have fun. So I supported them and really developed into a coaching role and got really close with those guys and our tight end coach, Kevin Gilbride, another temple alumni. Yeah. And uh, I had an absolute blast, man, from that perspective, like that was really cool. And a part of that was really coach rule empowering me to coach more like, Hey, you're hurt. I know you want to impact this team. I know what you do on game day with the iPad and helping with the whiteboard. So go do it in practice. So I would like coach practice squad tight end at the time. And I was heavily involved with the younger guys who had respect for me, which is hard to earn in this league. And I feel really humbled and blessed that I had it. That's why I'd love to go back to Carolina because the relationships I had were unbelievable professional relationships with. They're really hard at the highest level to, to, to keep because you're gone in and out, up and down. And I think that was the one frustrating thing about how it all went down in Carolina was, Coach Rule really believes in who he believes in as coaches and, and players. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of all in this together. And when he got fired, I feel like I let him down. And I think a lot of us felt that way. You know, again, it's it's a business. But they're all his guys. 
Mm-hmm. Whether I mean, I'm the misfit. The rest of the guys are like <laughs> baller NFL players, like PJ Walker, longest thrown NFL history, Hassan Reddick, you name it. Mm-hmm. All these guys, right? So it was a tough thing uh, on me personally. But again, at the end of the day, like it's a job. We got to go. You got to keep t- churning butter and keep making your your way. So um, that was tough. But he's doing okay. You know, he'll be fine. Yeah. And uh, he had a lot of really great coaches and a lot of great people that I was able to meet because of my time in Carolina. Um, and then to stay on the team and coach Wilkes believing in me and, and Scott Fitter believing in me and keeping me on was really, really cool. And through kind of a really tough time for me injury wise. So I got through it and finished the season strong and ended up being a, you know, a really good run for us at the end, almost making the playoffs, which yeah. kept us alive, kept the juice alive in the building. Mm-hmm. So it was, it, you know, I did, it's just another chapter in the year, good, bad, or indifferent. You put it down and you start fresh. You, you know, I do some traveling, which I'm doing now, and then boom, shut it down and kind of open that book back up in April when OTA start. Is it tough just for you're you're a human being first and foremost? And this was, I mean, Matt will tell you earlier in his life, like, oh, I did like a, a GA position, didn't work out for me here and there. But like this was the first time he got let go from something. This was the first time in a long time where like it just didn't work out. He was successful as a young assistant coach, successful in the in the year that he was in the NFL, comes back to Temple, does a great job at Temple, great job at Baylor, then comes to to Carolina and it just didn't go the way he wanted it to. And you've got, you know, you were in Florida for your Florida for a while in an SEC environment where it's tough and you guys get criticism. But as a human being, is it are you almost human if you let some of that stuff bother you? Where like every week it's like, dear Lord, like how much of this do I have to read and hear about? Like, were you ever like out somewhere just in town and you just hear somebody like bad mouthing Matt Rule and you're like, what what, what was that like? Because it's the first time I guess like, yes, Temple fans were critical, but you guys won a conference championship. What was this like when it's just was a guy that's close to your heart and it just didn't work? Yeah, I mean, it was really tough, but I think also there's different unique ways where it comes from than normal. Like Carolina is not a huge football like city. Philly. Yeah, not even close. I mean, it's not even in the same ballpark. Great fans, but we're talking like Eagles fans are like hundred years of fandom. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> talking about playing games on gravel, right? It's way yeah. invincible. Like, it's just a different deal. Mm-hmm. So, like, you just get it on Twitter. The worst is like Twitter algorithm, right? You're following up people, and it's like. F Matt rule and this and that. And I'm like messing around. Like, yeah, okay. We struggled, but it's a football is a team game. It takes Mm -hmm. everybody to pull in the right direction. Like Mm -hmm. owner, GM, head coach, quarterback, all your players, like everyone's got to be in line and it just wasn't in line. And if that's on coach rule, that's on coach rule. And that's why he, that's part of your job. You got to fall on the sword. So um, yeah, I mean, it's really tough, but the worst was like people on Twitter, like, cause who he is as a person, like, okay, football coach, it didn't work out, but who he is as a man, He's a really good man yeah. who's done a lot for really good people. And he's a great dad. So it's like, yeah, that's where I struggle. And I think that's why the DeMar Hamlin situation, thankfully he's healthy. Yeah. Thank God. But that was like the best thing to happen for a lot of our world in football. It's like, mm-hmm. put your fantasy football lineup down and I get it. I play it too, but like mm-hmm. put it all like, this is like, that's a human being. That's a kid from Pittsburgh that had, you know, X, Y, Z and went to Pittsburgh central Catholic and like, He's just a boy that has a mom and dad, you yeah. know? So I think that's where I think some fans run into, but Hey, like it's a part of the game. That's what makes the salary cap big and pays our bills. And like, so it's a, it's a catch 22, but it was tough personally, John, it's a great question. And you know, him and I stay close and talk all the time. And I think they're going to be great in Nebraska. It's going to be fun. 
you were around one of the best, arguably the best running back in the game. And then Christian mm-hmm. McCaffrey gets traded midseason. What what was your time like with him? I think my wife was more upset than I was when he got traded. You know, <laughs> and I was devastated. I knew it was coming, but you know, we were really bummed. First off, mm-hmm. this is a guy who's all in. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like building a certain size gym and field at his house. So guys yeah. can stay here in the offseason mm-hmm. to try to win and train with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy was got to get the guys together, got to get the boys together. That's how him and I connected because we felt the same way because mm-hmm. we're not the same even on the same earth as a player. I think he's the best uh, player in the NFL, mm-hmm. period. He's that good, mm-hmm. um, and he's that dynamic. And you saw a sample size of what he did with the Niners this year when he was yeah. he was healthy all year, which was awesome. I'm really happy for him to get that kind of elephant off his back. You know, you get to know it, You know his girlfriend, Olivia, you know, it's tough too, like Baker too, getting to know, you know, his wife and 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 getting to be, you know, social too for my wife and also like it bleeds into your personal life too, where like, oh, these guys are out, you know, and Coach Rule and, you know, Julie Rule and their kids, I know them too, they're out, you know, so it's like, whoa, it, it ends up hitting closer at home than you think. Um, you know, I only uh, learned, I only learned a few months ago that Olivia has her own reality show when I watched by- it. My wife was watching on TV. I was like, what's this? She was like, you never keep up on this stuff. She's she's like, she's with Christian McCaffrey. I was like, oh, didn't know that. So it was a shame to not have known that until a few months ago. Uh, that she's great. She's a great gal, great person. And and that was the hardest part, though, John, like mm-hmm. the social side. Because the player side, of course, you're going to miss him. He's Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. That goes out saying. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to be with him and be close with him through that last week. And he's talking about what's going down and how it's going down. And like, it's mm-hmm. happening. It was like, there's no way, mm-hmm. there's no way they're going to, I don't. And I, I saw our GM, Scott Fitterer. I probably never even told, told him about this, but I'm comfortable saying it. Mm-hmm. I remember fit being like, I can't believe I just did that. You know, I kind of bumped to him, bumped into him outside the facility. Mm-hmm. Like I just traded that guy. Yeah. I don't want to, you know, but, you mm-hmm. have to do the best thing for the, that's my job. Yeah. Kind of. That's what he pretty much said. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I just, man, tough sleeping. I was like, mm-hmm. yep, tough sleeping. So yeah, it's a great question. But uh, again, between Baker and Christian and coach rule, like losing those three was, it was really put your head down and grind year because you're like losing your friends, you know, quickly. And you alluded to this too. I mean, you guys almost, you know, through all that almost went to the playoffs. Did you guys kind of have this, as I hate cliches. I tell my my students that I work with not to write in them, but we we live in a world of cliches. But did you guys kind of have a little bit of a healthy chip on your shoulder at that point and say, "F the rest of the world, we're going to try to squeeze into the playoffs here"? Because you damn near. Yeah, dead. I think Coach Wilkes, you know, again similar to what Coach Rule said, they had a lot of similarities with the way they they dressed, they went about their 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 mantras, for lack of a better term. And it was like it's all about us, you know, like we got to control our destiny. And we know like that team in Carolina, I hope to be back a part of it again. I'll say it. That team is loaded, loaded mm-hmm. with a loaded NFL roster. I'm not on the team anymore. So it's not even like a biased thing. Everyone's like, you're mm-hmm. just biased. Nope. I've been around a lot of locker rooms. That team has got depth and key positions and really good people. Um and for whatever reason with coach rule and us in Carolina, it didn't work. So yeah, I, that's a great question too, but I, mm, I, I'm a, I'm a Panther believer in that roster. I'm shocked. It didn't, it didn't pan out better, but you're right. We made a great push. My favorite game this year by far was in Seattle. And that was mm-hmm. freaking awesome. Oh, that was awesome. Playing there. Go see a game there, folks. You have a chance. It was really mm-hmm. cool and, and a big win for us. And, and, uh, 
you know, did a Philly cheesesteak review, a Sam Bona review at the end of the game on the field too, which makes it even better. <laughs> Colin, how do you stay ready? Like, how do you, um, like you said, I mean, you, you can work out, you can do as much as you can do, but um, are you anticipating, like, is it an after the draft thing? Is that the next step? Or is it like after like the next wave of free agency? When do you think you might get a call or could it literally be at any time? It could be at any time, probably because of where I'm at. I'm mm-hmm. signing a futures deal, which means you came off a practice squad and you're looking for the next minimum contract. Right. That's what all when people when fans say this is a futures deal. What does that right. mean? It's still a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. It's just you finished the year on the practice squad. The season ended. You weren't with the team till the next calendar year and cut. You're cut the minute the season's over. So, mm-hmm. or the next day, which all the practice squad guys do. Like if you notice the Eagles, right? They I try to explain this because people don't know what it is. Um, mm-hmm. The Eagles, they, they lost in the Super Bowl. And the next day, it's like we cut 14 players. We signed whatever, 14 players at the practice squad. So, yeah. or to the uh, futures reserve deal. So uh, to answer your question, John, it's um, it's up in the air, you know, and, I, and I'm used to that. Mm-hmm. I think everyone around me is still not. Mm-hmm. My wife is, but like family and all that. I'm like, God, this is, mm-hmm. is what it is. It could be, I could be picked up on a practice squad week eight, week nine, week 10. Mm-hmm. I could be in rookie mini camps for the next three, four weeks, starting in mid April. Mm-hmm. I could be, um, you know, right. Called next week and say, Hey, you're signing here. Mm-hmm. I could be back in Carolina. I have no idea. I know there's teams interested, which is awesome. And and I'm in a better place now than I was when I was barely drafted in the XFL. Yeah. Um, so that's my answer to that question. How do I stay ready though? Constantly evolving what I need to do, staying in shape, uh, doing different things. Re- this year is like a long buildup. I'm like starting from the ground up, restarting the entire foundation. I, my goal was to play for three more years. And, and you know, bet- you know, I between you and me and those listening, like I've had some deals to go play in the XFL and I've turned them away because mm-hmm. it's not, it's unbelievable opportunity. I would go back tomorrow, but for my long-term goals, it's not, it won't help me there. It's a short term. It would be a short term right. band aid. So mm-hmm. I need to restart my body, press on here to play into my hopefully mid 30s. I'm 29. So um, I want to try to milk this thing for all its work, John, and, and hiring a physical therapist and training and getting a real program and doing a bunch of stuff, even through travel. And like, I have a whole plan for when we go over to London next week. We're going for a week. Like, yeah, it's a vacation, but. I'm working through the vacation every morning and I have plans to do certain things. So just so I don't lose a step and I keep going, I keep getting better. Cause honestly I've gotten healthier every year. Mm -hmm. Um, This was my first step back and I've gotten better as a player every year. I was playing my best football, this training camp, which breaks my heart, but that's keeps me going. You know, if I didn't do that, I'd be done. What is it like? I mean, I've, I haven't met Sydney yet, but you've talked about how wonderful she is, how understanding she is. She has her own career. She's a, she's a physical therapist, right? What is it like if, you know, you get a call like um, I signed with uh, the we always, use, we always use Seattle because it's the yeah. farthest way away. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So, I mean, is it just you just do you just make it work? Or is it something that's always kind of in the back of your mind? Because, again, you guys like you guys are you guys have again, I haven't met Sydney, but you've t- told me so much about her. You guys aren't just like 
eat, sleep, and breathe football and sports. You guys have depth to you. You have families, and that time together is important. How do you deal with that when, like, you might have to go somewhere for several weeks or a half a year, and you guys are apart from each other? I know you had the long distance thing to begin with when you yep. came back up to Temple. Does that help? Like, what is that like? Walk us through what that's like, because I'm sure it can't be easy. You're human beings. Yeah, there's definitely a different side to it. I think we're both so all in on this thing, and we know it's a short lived thing. Mm-hmm. And you got to push through. You got to just do it. And what a ride it is! Like mm-hmm. this ride has given us amazing things, mm-hmm. homes, trip. We're going on a trip to London for a week with a couple of my teammates. Like mm-hmm. that's awesome. We get to do you know tight end trips, and all these different people come down to Key West every year, and mm-hmm. you get to do. It's a big grind, and it's a huge sacrifice, but it's really given us a lot of great gifts. So, um, it's a great question. How do we handle it? A lot of great communication. I think I try to say we're good communicators, and we're strong at it. So what's going on, where we're at, open book, let's roll with the punches, I'll be fine, you know, she'll be fine, she's, you know, excuse me, my backbone with everything, so I think, it's always tough, like, what are we going to do during OTAs, are you going to come down to OTAs, are we going to rent a house, are we going to buy a place, Mm -hmm. you know, if I would have told you in Carolina, if I was going to be in Carolina for three years, I would have bought a house, would have killed it on the lake, and yeah, now they're worth like 5 million before they're worth like 500,000. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's, you just got to roll with it. Rent. We just rent everywhere we go, completely furnished place. So if things go awry, boom, end of the lease, we're out. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's unique, John. You got to roll with the seat of your pants. We just got a dog. So that's been a fun little commitment. You got a but dog? What kind of dog? We got a, a Kanuku dog from like, uh, uh, where's it at? It's unique, dude. Like this adopted dog, this unbelievable program. I couldn't even tell yeah. you what it is, but it, they call it like a coconut retriever. It looks like a little, like a little lab mix, oh. pit bull mix, one of those. So yeah. Did you have a dog growing up? I did not. My wife did. So she's always one really one one So it's been good. It's like, well, we're going to get a dog and play football. It's like, yeah, we're going to make it work. Cause yep. we get, my whole thing is that we're moving life along. Yep. I live, I live so long. I'm like, well, what if, what if, and we were fine with that life. But now I'm like, no, let's plan vacation. Let's do this. If something comes up, we'll move it. You know, you're blessed, right? You make money in this league. You can move something. You can find a way to make it work. Let's do that way instead of like wake up in two months and nothing happened. So we've, we've adopted that and it's worked out well for us. I mean, I'm sure you get asked about this a lot. Let's say you end up playing another year or two or three. And that stat remains the same. One catch, seven yards for a touchdown. Is there something that's like, I mean, again, the great thing about you is like, you're self-aware. You're like, I'm not Travis Kelsey. I'm not Dallas Goddard, but you've, everybody's got to be good to play in the league and you're a good football player. What is there a point of pride that would be like, if you're 15 years from now, you're like, I have one career catch and went for a touchdown. So, you know, that that's kind of cool, right? Yeah, it's definitely cool. Yeah. I mean, I would take, I would take all the catches. I would take a bunch. I would take eight yeah. more catches. I would sure. take eight, eight yeah. more five yard gains. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great question, though. I could always say I scored a touchdown in the in the NFL, which is like, you know, and you know, when I was at rock bottom, you saw you where we just met, and I was like mm-hmm. barely there. I was like number one tight in the country. To two years later, nobody wanted me, not a single team other than Temple mm-hmm. University. So, mm-hmm. um, it's been a rocky road, man. Like, and that's how it is. Like, it's not even a rocky road; it's the road. So, it's all good. You know, it would be great. Yeah, of course. But I would love to finish with two touchdowns, John. Maybe three, yeah. maybe four. Yeah. How about 10? Or Mike Vrabel owns the stat, though. So everyone's like, you got the best touchdown percentage ever. I'm like, <laughs> I do, but not really. And Mike Vrabel, I think he has nine touchdowns on nine catches. Oh, wow. Because he would move over from linebacker and play tight end. for the Yeah, I yeah, forgot about that. So um, that's, the, that's the number. Go ahead. 
What would you bring to, I mean, you know the game inside and out. What would you bring to another team wherever you end up next? Thanks, John. I don't know. It's um, it's hard to answer. I'm trying to answer that question like as humble as possible. I, I, first thing I'm going to bring is like a, another coach in the room. Mm-hmm. I think that's one thing I'm always going to be. And I've like learned, I've done it a million different ways at the tight end position. Almost every route, every this, we've done it a million. I can have a conversation that way. So another coach in the room, um, someone who can give some I don't know about great advice, but advice that is experienced and comes from different perspectives. Someone who's, you know, called co- Temple football games on the radio, someone who's worked in finance, someone who worked for a department store, someone who, you know, coaches high school football, someone. So I have been fortunate enough in that respect to do a bunch of different things really before the age of 30 here and not, and they're not even my real job, which is football. So the kind of that mentorship for some rookies, which has been really valuable to me and those rookies that I've connected with over the years and the younger guys. And then a guy that's going to be ready to rock and roll, whatever you need me to do playing wise. I always surprise team like you can catch and you can move. Okay. I'm like, yeah, it's just not what we did in college. It's not what I did when I was with the Panthers, whatever it is. So um, the run game stuff and the pass protection stuff is are my strengths. And then I would say, you know, intermediate pass game. That's my strength. So. Mm-hmm. Special teams, backup long snapper, a little few different things. A few different things. What um so Matt moves along now at, at Nebraska, a lot of former Temple guys with him. I mean, did did Matt or Ed Foley reach out to you when they went down to uh went down to Lincoln? They did. I did. I told them I'm still kicking. I'm still going, baby. I'm still playing. I'm gonna go to the wheels fall off, but uh they're great, you know, mm-hmm. very humble that they touch base. But I'm excited to see, you know, kind of how that pans out there. I know it's gonna pan out well. Mm-hmm. And that's a fact because he knows how to do it the right way when it comes to, you know, turning places around. And that place is the farthest advance he's ever had, I think. I mean, you could facilities probably, and they're getting new facilities, too, that look amazing. But even playing wise, like, didn't they who they beat the end of the year, Iowa? They beat yeah, the I believe so. Of, yeah. Yeah. Beat the hell out of somebody. Yeah. Who was going to post a win and go to the conference championship. And they showed up on the road and beat him. I heard mm-hmm. coach talking about that on Bustin' with the boys. If anybody's listening who's a coach rule fan. Go listen to Bust on the Boys, Taylor Lewan, Will Compton. It's mm-hmm. the Barstool football show. They had Coach Rule on. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable interview. Um, and Coach talked about it on there. Like, this is by far the best team I'm ever going to adopt. The best situation, right? Temple, Baylor, rough. But this place, I mean, and a fun fact for the Temple fans out there, the president at Nebraska was the president at Navy. At Navy, and yeah. Beat, and we beat Navy. So, I know for a fact, and Coach Rule says this, he just said, bring whatever you had at Temple to Nebraska, and you'll be fine. So it's exciting. I'm excited to see what they do out there. It's 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 good for Temple football, too, because they're Temple football guys. Coach Foley, mm-hmm. Coach Rule. Like, these guys are all assistants and, like, tight end coaches and operations people there. Like, they're not just, like, some hotshot coach who came in and left. Mm-hmm. And, and there's nothing wrong with that either. Don't get me wrong. But these are, like, Philly lifers. Mm-hmm. Jersey Shore lifers, like they have places yeah. in Cape May and Haddonfield. So there's a whole contingency of Jer- of Jersey Philly um, that's at Nebraska. What you with Lower Cape May? Just still staying in touch with them at Lower Cape May Regionals. They're offensive coordinator, right? Well, not anymore. Technically, I was a defensive coordinator. I, I'm not legitimately the coordinator, but I'm like like the coordinator of the defense. If that's a word, like yeah. we're, I'm helping them do the installation. I'm not calling the place. But mm-hmm. last year we put a new defense in the offense coordinator left this year. So we're bringing back kind of an older offense that we ran before with the 
terminology of the previous OC because the head coach is now taking it over. So it's been a blast, like putting together the weight room stuff, um, nutrition plans, you know, getting people to donate PB and J's and chocolate milks for these kids to help gain them, you know, gain weight. So mm-hmm. that's been a real fun. Ex- I love it. Like it, it's such a passion of mine. You can really mold these kids. You know, mm-hmm. you're with them for a month, whatever, eight workouts. You can change a kid's life like that yeah. um, compared to college or pro. Excuse me, especially pro where everyone's their own person. So mm-hmm. uh, it's been a blast. John. I love it. The staff down there allows me to be do this in season. I would meet with the team on Monday nights. And we would talk for like 30 minutes about leadership. Did you do it on Zoom or like yep, on love, Zoom? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So we do it right on this platform. And there'd be like 50 faces up here. I, you know, mute your <laughs> mute yourself, show your face. I'm I start bouncing around. How you doing? What's going mm-hmm. on? And I kind of knew what the coaches wanted to drive home to. I'd watch the tape from the weekend. Or the nice thing is like Friday night, sometimes the games are on like YouTube or whatever. So I watch the games and text the coaches during the games, you know. So it, it's really fun. They allow me to do it. And even though I'm not there anymore. Still have the impact on that team um, and the and the staff there. It's been it's been a blast. We have a couple of kids getting recruited from all over the country. This kid mm-hmm. Braswell Thomas Temple's going to start recruiting him up there. I know they already have. Mm-hmm. He's got an offer from Rutgers. Someone you guys would keep an eye out on the scoop. This guy between you and me, I'm shocked Rutgers offer him because if they didn't offer him, Rutgers would have got him mm-hmm. last minute. But this kid is freaky. I think he's the best athlete. The best he'll be the best. Top, he'll be the top recruit in the state of Jersey. He's mm-hmm. a twenty. He's a sophomore going to be a junior. So okay. this kid's a freak. Somebody you want to talk about the scoop. He'll, he'll get an offer from Temple here, hopefully sooner than later. What's it like just helping out there? Because I, I used to cover that league after after college, you know, was was uh, working for Gannett, working for a paper called the Daily Journal. And we were covering like Vineland and Millville and those teams. And they're in the Cape Atlantic League. And that league is so expansive. And like St. Augustine has gotten so much better. And they can recruit um, – Holy Spirit can recruit. You never know, like what year, what kids. You can like, tra- you can, like go to like Ocean City High School too as a public school kid, even though you're in. Yeah. A, you, I forget what the word is, but you can pick up and you don't even have to move. You know, you don't have to yep. do the old Pennsylvania mailbox shuffle there. Yeah. You can just uh, whatever it's called. But yeah. yeah and how hard is it to like? You know, I think the average fans like, oh, Lower Cape May Regional High School. That's it's a beautiful Cape May is beautiful. They should be able to just keep all these kids home, but it's so competitive. Well, I know you can only do so much because you can't be there, but is it tough to even just from, from talking to the coaching staff there to keep, you know, some of the most talented guys around and worrying if they're going to get plucked by, by somewhere else? Well, the, you know, for example, Braswell Thomas, he was in Milton Hershey Academy. He's now back, but yeah, you know, it's unique because like these, some of these kids are from up the road. They come down to Cape May because of the wrestling mm-hmm. program or the basketball program or what people don't understand too about lower Cape May regional. And I didn't understand either. No idea. I'm mm-hmm. thinking it's the, the Kate May that John DeCaro and I love, and we're at the mug and we're at the sea view and we're, you know, mm-hmm. on barefoot, we're on the, whatever. It's not that it's the back mm-hmm. half of that. It's the mm-hmm. kids trying to find the next meal. It's mom mm-hmm. and dad are working all night. You know, mm-hmm. it's fishermen, it's service industry. It's people a true, like blue collar, like trying to make it. Um, some of these kids, you know, they don't know when their next meal is. So it's really tough. They don't have cleats, you know, like it's different than you think. So, it's not pretty Cape May or New Jersey. It's like mm-hmm. the backside of Cape May. And it's yep. tough. These kids are tough. They work hard. They're undersized. Um, so it's hard. You're going to get plucked. kids plucked out all the time, though. All the time. Mm-hmm. There's there's like probably four or five of the best athletes that should be at the school are not. But yeah, it's always there. There's some great people there that have been there forever. There's tons of history down there, too. So I enjoy it. You know, I enjoy it. As the wood guy, too. It's easy for me to go down there and be like, hey. You know, we won a bunch of games in high school. Oh, what do we got here? 
daughter. Our, uh, our, 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 our puppy that we adopted back in what second weekend of September. He just, he just came up here to my office up in the attic. This is bear. What's looks up, buddy? Like, looks a lot like this is Colin. He just adopted a dog too. My dog will not come down here. A, cause it's dark B because it will not leave my wife's side. This guy has learned to come up the stairs and he doesn't know how to come down. He doesn't know how to go downstairs yet. So I literally, I didn't even, he's quiet. I didn't hear him come up and I just felt somebody like lick my ankle and it's him. So the, the weekend I was down, I made that drive two weekends in a row, go to cover the Duke game. And the weekend before Chelsea said to me, there's no way you could go to Kings Mountain, North Carolina to, to pick up the Shih Tzu. Right. And I said, probably not going to have a couple other people in the car with me the very next weekend. We're on the road down there. So I remember Foley was like, stop by one of our practices. I was like, we're going to have this brand new puppy with us. I don't think we're going to be able to swing it, but that would have been a sight to see bringing him to a practice. But yeah, he's uh, when we got him, he was four pounds and now he's like close to 11. I've never had a puppy before. They're fun, man. They've got so much energy. They're fun. I've never. I was like anti forever. You know, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Um, But they change your life. Yeah, it's good. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta keep yeah. them moving. Oh yeah, Colin, you 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 recently had the opportunity end of January to go talk to the team, come back to Temple. Uh, what was that like? I mean, I know you're down there for a limited amount of time, but like I know that meant a lot to you. What did you? What was the day like? What did you talk to the guys about? I saw, you know, clips here and there. We were going to try to get together. They had you know tight schedule, and you got some good food. You somehow got Angelo's before you got out of town. I'm I'm, I'm jealous about that. But what yeah. was it like? What did you talk to the guys about? What was the trip like? Yeah, it was a quick trip. It was really, I was very, first off, humbled that they even mm-hmm. asked me to. And there was so much to talk about, kind of talking to the staff there, like what they're going through with the team and trying to get guys to buy in and like teach them like what the professional ranks are like and like what other things you can do. So I was trying to be as real as possible. Like, guys, here's my journey. Mm-hmm. Here's some of the, here's what I made financially. Here's how I invested it. Here's how I made mistakes. Here's how I did the right things. Like, here's how I built my resume while all playing. Um, so I was honest, like, hey, you know, we have a place in Cape May and we have a place in Annapolis and I use one as a business. It's a rental property. Like, so I was trying to be as real as possible with the guys like this. This is what, you know, you can do if you make it to this league and and take care of yourself and grind when you're out of the league, knowing that, hey, I'm going to make it. So it was all about like goal setting and just kind of preparing them for the real world a little bit of like, Hey, you know, this is what's going to be like when you're out and it's not going to work. And here's how you, you should train a temple instead of go pay 20, 30 grand to go train at some fancy place for the, for the combine or the pro day. If you're not in the combine, um, it was great. It was great. We were mucking it up with the guys before about the Philadelphia Catholic league and, mm-hmm. you know, new McGregor, but new McGregor kids on the team. We had one wood kid on the team. He put right, raised his hand up. I gave him a standing ovation. So, you know, it was fun just to connect with the guys. Like I, like they wanted me to stand up there with the mic and all the social media. Cause they, of course I get it. I don't blame them, mm-hmm. but I'm like, guys, I want to sit amongst the guys. How can we do this? So I just sat like at a high top seat because that's what I really wanted to do. I wanted to be like, guys, I'm not this play work hard. I always hated that. You know, someone mm-hmm. come speak, work hard and dedicate yourself. Like no, no crap. Like, yeah, no it's crap. Like everybody could say that. Yeah. So I just wanted to try to be as I, I needed, I wanted to go longer. I, I didn't have enough time. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't, we didn't even get to like really questions. We, we, we just, I went for like 45 minutes straight. I just <laughs> had a list of the journey mm-hmm. and like, 
I learned and a lesson from each kind of chapter in the book of how to go about doing it. So it was great, man. I can't thank Coach Ray and his staff enough for having me. First class, man. I got to train up there. And and then, of course, Dave Gerson and Rob Silk, mm-hmm. uh, like, we got to grab lunch. I'm like, great. We're grabbing lunch. Hit John Rogue Pork. And then uh, give that a great grade on the Sam Boner scale. And then, boom, mm-hmm. went to Angelo's. And boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. That place is the real deal. So did you get a, did you get a, do you know who this is? This is Colin Thompson on the phone or did you just get through? Cause I've never been able to get through. I walked right in, John. Mm -hmm. There was no line. I placed a to go order. And we thought it was going to take forever, but we were in there standing there and they like forgot that we put it to go order. And I was like, Colin, they're like, who? I'm like, Colin, it's under Colin. And she's like, oh, it's been ready for like 10 minutes. So we could have got it for like 20 minutes. Well, Dave and I were just talking about Temple and the the old Mm -hmm. tea club and all what he's got going on Mm -hmm. there. So it's really Which he's doing a good job with. Great job, man. I love it. I'm excited to be a part of it. You know, whatever it is for an athlete to be a part of it. Yeah, we can swing Mm -hmm. that. And I love it, man. I'm a season ticket holder for the Temple games. I auction them off for a couple Mm -hmm. different, for LCMR football and a couple different people every year because I I I truly love the program. I'm happy they're going back to the other sideline, though. It's going to look better on TV. Yeah. Well, uh, it's no secret that things obviously, not only did they not work out under the Rod Carey era, but just mm. you'd hear just so much from former players of like this staff, they might have meant well, but they just don't get it. They, yes, there was COVID. Yes, they had some challenges there, but they did not do a good enough job of of engaging former players. Uh, I'm assuming that when you went back, it was a different bit of a different vibe in the building. Yeah, I mean, that's no secret on here that I'm a biggest Rod Carey or a hater because I think it killed the momentum of yeah. what Jeff, what really Rule had, and then Jeff continued, and the amount of talent those teams had, and that's why Rod's first year was pretty good because yeah. even the talent could overcome some of the things that were going on. Yeah, um, but the culture is everything in Temple, and and mm-hmm. Coach Traden, I mean, the culture is different, and if they're not keeping up with it, they're trying to change it or you got to mm-hmm. move on. You know, so that's what I got from it being just mm-hmm. point blank period from the strength program to kids sitting up and meeting, taking notes. I was very, very impressed walking around that, you know, uh, that facility. And, the, you know, the real test for me was I gave everybody my cell phone number. And I said, if you want, you could text me anytime you want. Mm-hmm. And usually one to two kids take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Three or four of them, I love the bar. Three or four of them <laughs> are work for me now at my media company from all the people I've talked to over the years. That's high great. school, high school kids. Yeah, it was great. High school kids, different kids. Just all reach out. I'm like, yep, you know, you want a job in media? I'll give you one. Or I'll put you in touch with somebody and then they cut their teeth and then they come to me. But my point was that Temple probably had 15, 20 kids reach out to me. That's good. Text me, text me. Hey, I got a question about this. Got a question about that. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's some really good, really good eggs in there that are mm-hmm. doing a great job. Players. The coaches, of course, but the players as well. Did you hear? I'm mean, obviously like during the year you're busy, but w- when you'd hear EJ Warner's name, and yes, he's got the name recognition, but to see him come in as a as a true freshman and kind of back it up, and like he's still got a ton of growing left to do in his game, but how, for how much he got thrown into things, it, it did bring a little bit of yes, they went three and nine, they got a long way to go, but you, you saw some similarities between maybe Stan's first year. And Matt's first year where you see like the team's fighting hard at the end of the year, they're not getting overwhelmed. They're, they're competitive. And I know fans hear that and they say, blah, 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 whatever you and I know that it makes a tangible difference. Mm -hmm. Was it cool every once in a while to just kind of hear like, 
oh, like Temple's name's getting thrown back into the mix because people are saying, check out this EJ Warner kid, one of the top true freshman quarterbacks in the country. Was it fun to just get a little bit of juice back nationally for the for the program's name? So much fun. And I'll say this. Here's the number one test of it. If you can see Cherry White in the Carolina Panthers locker room, things are going well in Temple land mm-hmm. because there was a period of time there where none of us were our Temple stuff. Because you were upset with how it was going. Yeah. I mean, we were pretty bummed. The Rod Carrier, we were there for that. I mean, nobody mm-hmm. wore it. And they sent us a package all, which was very nice of Rod. But saying Coach Trayton, big beefy package of Nike, Temple gear. I mean, people are head to toe in mm-hmm. it. So it was the talk about, hey, you know, this is the right thing. This is a really good thing for Temple, the city. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's a great question. But culturally, you could feel it back amongst the players. I think we were a pretty good sample size there in Carolina, how to base that off of. Maybe Buffalo is the next best thing with those two characters up yeah. there. But uh, other than that, man, between the coaches and the players, Temple was the talk. And Coach Rule always says he was watching the games, and a lot of the coaches mm-hmm. watched the games. Obviously, you, your your first goal would be to have been playing in the Super Bowl yourself, mm-hmm. but the Eagles go, and you have uh, well, Sean got hurt, couldn't couldn't play. Before that, had been a special teams contributor, but by now we all know the type of player that Hassan Reddick has become, and, and he's had his own journey. You know, he gets drafted, and then you know, different player, but like, like kind of like what Brandon Graham faced. Like this guy's a bust. He wasn't being used. You know the right way then finally you know i remember saying to matt did i miss something or were teams just not using him he's like nope just need to set him loose i mean not only did he have a great season but the way he turned it on in december and then was just an absolute game wrecker in the nfc championship game can you kind of put into context or like put into perspective like what he did even just in the last month of of the season obviously Super Bowl didn't turn out the way they wanted it. The field was – there There were reasons why they lost the game. I've never seen anything like that with the field where nobody on both sides could get traction. It was bizarre. But can you just kind of put into perspective what he did, even just – especially from like December on, the, the, the season that he had and the way he wrecked certain games? I mean, that's why he's one of the premier pass rushers in the NFL. To be one of those guys, like an alpha dog, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's what, like five of them on the planet, six mm-hmm. of them, maybe seven. He's one of them. You know, mm-hmm. and that's all there really needs to be said. I mean, that you have to set your protection plan to him. You have to think constantly account for him. He's in the Michael Parsons category. He's in the Cleo mm-hmm. Mack category. He's in the Joey Bosa category, uh, Nick Bosa category, right? Like, you got to know Aaron Donald. got to know mm-hmm. where Hassan Reddick is because he will wreck the game. He will wreck your quarterback. He will take the ball away. He, mm-hmm. You saw it against the Niners. I mean, that Niners team, roster-wise, oh, boy. Same with the Eagles, loaded. So, I mean, it's great for Hassan, right? I mean, it's no secret. Camden walked on. Uh, I believe his mom took out a loan to pay for yeah, training table. Student loans, yeah. Yeah. And then boom. I mean, come on. You can't beat the story. And I think intangibles wise, it's great. It's like the opposite player who was the high recruit in me. I came in like 250 pounds. Like I should have came into college at like 215 and have mm-hmm. them like beef me up. I would have been mm-hmm. rocked. I would have been just a monster instead of like, all right, I'm the Pillbury's Doughboy. I got to go the opposite direction. I was overfed, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, that's why you see these guys just, man, just boom, they just blow up. And Hassan just blew up. And I remember the Navy game, he had that interception. Yeah. I was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. That's when I knew our Temple team was really good. When we like put yeah. them away, I was like, oh yeah. boy. Mm-hmm. And um, he's just, he's just a guy. And in Carolina, he was just a guy, just a dude. Like, the way he wanted to lead and go about his business, like just an absolute alpha. 
and mm-hmm. and uh they're hard to come by everybody thinks they are but can you really back it up all the time Hassan was like really walk quiet carry a big stick kind of guy and mm-hmm. i respect that and um mm-hmm. i mean man he's cashing in and he deserves it he'll get paid again mm-hmm. how much does it help at, at temple do you think to have a guy like Chris Wiesahan there. I mean, he's got his hands full with rebuilding that offensive line. You know, they they couldn't run the ball this past season the way they wanted to. And then, you know, Adam Klein and, and Isaac Moore are moving along. I know he's got some some young linemen he's excited about, but just the institutional knowledge he brings, we both know that he really gets it. He's been to so many different places in his, in his career, but he loves Philly and he's happy to be back, even after being at some of the places he's been. How much will it help Stan moving forward to have Wies on the staff? I mean, this guy is one of the best offensive line minds in the league. It, 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 you know, and, and excuse me, in the at least I know the American American Athletic Conference, but Wees is one of the best offensive line coaches in college football. In football, mm-hmm. I mean, coaching the NFL, he's coaching the ACC, he's coached in big schools, small schools. He knows how to recruit the area. He goes into Florida every year and plucks a kid out of there. He's just constant and consistency and being at a, the high level that he's at, being that consistent is massive. The proof's in the pudding, right? You, you've seen the depth offensive lineman. He's made really good players, and you've seen the really good ones. He's made elite, i.e. Pro Bowler Deion Dawkins. You know, the list goes on and on. The guys that have gone through there that were just solid and boom, NFL. Um, so we is your guy. If you're an offensive lineman in the area and you're, like, getting recruited in that pool of places and that level, Temple's the best spot for you, in my opinion, because of Weezy. Um, mm-hmm. So <clears throat> he's – He's going to do it the right way. And the best thing is he's got so many examples for these kids to look up to. Like his office is like littered with NFL jerseys up around the walls. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm a huge Weezy Hand fan. It was funny. The first time we met or the first, our first interaction I remember was like 2014 season. And we were like, he kind of snapped at me and I was like, Whoa, like on the sideline, he was even my coach. You know, he was like, no, you don't even know what you're talking about. I was like, Whoa, you're right. Like, I was like, Oh, he's right. I don't. <laughs> and then boom, we graduated to this amazing level. And we had unbelievable conversations and I've really matured as a player underneath him mentally too. Like the combination of like Foley, Coach Rule and Coach Weezan were like huge for me. Plus like he was an unreal running back coach with Brockwell Armstead. Yeah. I would watch, yeah. when, when I was playing there, I would watch him do the running back drills with David Hood and all those guys. And I'm mm-hmm. like, man, this guy is good. So I'm a huge mm-hmm. Weez fan and he's a big Philly guy. So mm-hmm. he doesn't want to leave Philly. His wife loves it. His family loves it. You've given us so much of your time. I got one last question for you. So you got the, the trip to London coming up. Are you going to give us some fish and chips reviews? Are you doing Tottenham Hotspurs, baby. I've become a huge Premier League fan. We got yeah. freaking, I created a uh, Tottenham Hotspur Premier League fa- a fan club in Annapolis and in Key West, Florida. And, mm-hmm. and it's like a joke. They're going to put our, they're going to put our names up at halftime, like on the slide, like of all the places where there's fan clubs around That's the country. Awesome. <laughs> like we have like eight members in each one of the Facebook pages. But yes, they're, they're going to be, I'm going to be Sam Bonin at Passyunk Avenue, which is a Philly bar in London. Yeah, I've heard about that place. I'm, I'm going there. Uh, I'm definitely going to be doing some fish and chips, you know, some old school like pies and whatever. We got supposedly the Indian food's crazy good there. So my wife loves that. So we're going to mm-hmm. go do that. Um, yeah, man, I'm excited. We got a, you know, Tottenham Hotspur game on Saturday. We come in, we land on Thursday, we leave on Tuesday. So quick little long, quote unquote long weekend. And, uh, and uh, we're just jacked up, dude. I'm excited. It's a perk again of the, of this. How do you stay ready? You book the trips and then you train right through yep. it, baby. Yep. Awesome, buddy. Thanks so much for making time for us. I really appreciate it. Well, John, uh, I want to get the nitty gear with you here before you go. When are you going to Cape May? 
uh probably probably when the semester's over uh we got down there just for a day trip maybe maybe the day before christmas eve i think it was like uh no it couldn't have been the i don't know it was like the tuesday before christmas and i couldn't get over how dead it was but it was actually like really like nice and peaceful. peaceful um i think we went into i think we went into your mom's place like walked around but it was it was very slow uh but it was nice and then we went to um oh come on what's the what's the uh beach plum farm sat out cool. like had a couple like ciders it was nice and cold um went to the winery but it was nice i mean it wasn't it wasn't too crowded when you got to got to see the lights and everything like that and so um it's one of the best times of year to go down there, man. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice. It just felt like you could, you could smell like wood burning and stuff like that. Almost got attacked by, uh, by the roosters and chickens at, uh, at beach plum farm. Beach that plum. was funny. Cause we we're like reaching over like, Hey buddy, how you doing? And you heard like, wah, wah. I'm like, all right, I got to run. <laughs> and that looked, that was, uh, that was pretty funny. Yeah. May, man. It's the only place with a farm in it. Only yeah. a short town. Stone Harbor doesn't have that. That's my argument. No, no. Yeah. But it was, uh, it was fun, but, uh, yeah, it was good. It was good. It was a good trip. So hopefully we'll be down there again this summer. Good. We'll have a beer together. Thanks for everything, yeah. man. I appreciate you having me on. All right. So like I said earlier, the you know Temple as a, as a university is on spring break. So Temple is not practicing this week in terms of spring football. We'll have more spring football coverage for you next week. We'll be talking to Stan Drayton, uh, safeties coach Marvin Clessador, Chris Wiesahan, Temple's offensive line coach, some players. And it looks like Antoine Smith is back on the schedule again. So... Uh, I didn't think we were talking to him twice, but it says Smith on there. So maybe he's cooking up some fresh new hot takes. He's never, uh, never a dull moment with him. Uh, Stan did say that they're probably looking to add some depth, a quarterback, maybe someone with experience. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, they did pick up a verbal from a preferred walk-on in Pat Keller from Central Bucks East. And not long ago, they uh, picked up another preferred walk-on in uh, Jalen Johnson, a running back from Battlefield High School in Virginia, who had some Ivy League interest. It's, far as a PWO, not a bad, not a bad player to add at a position uh, where you really, really need some, some talent and competition there. So um, we'll have plenty more spring football talk for you next week. Who knows what we'll be talking about basketball wise, maybe just maybe a shock the world performance in, uh, in Fort Worth that Javon and Caden will be there to, to document for us. So I don't know until then guys, any, uh, any closing thoughts from, from Fort Worth, any, uh, any sites you hope to see down there, or is it just eating more barbecue and, and covering as much basketball as you can? I know we're supposed to go to a, a Top Golf tonight, and I've never been, so that should be a good experience. So there you go. I guess that's one thing. More barbecue, uh, some Mexican food, and I guess just take it as a spring break. But that's about it. Javon, what do you what do you expect to see out of Caden at Top Golf? Uh. I feel like he might not have enough range. Like I don't, with his knees being as debilitated as they are, he can't really <laughs> drive the ball as hard as he'd be able to. Um, I'm interested to see what my golf swing looks like. Uh, former baseball player, I, I hope it's not. You know, I, I'm sure it'll be somewhat easy to adjust. You know, how didn't Dante didn't Dante win in Top Golf when we took when we took Dante and Sam out? He complained. Is that what you said? No, didn't he win? Because he was just, um, I mean, you had the best golf swing out of all of us, but Dante was just just hitting some of the the shorter. Yeah, so that's, I mean, I don't know if you guys have top golf before, but like there's different games, different points. So like if you're just like accurate, you don't have to be deep. You can just go for some targets. Um, but yeah, I think, was, didn't Dante just like shoot at the shortest one over and over again? Wasn't that a stretch? 
But he just got good at hitting like the red target. I think so, yeah. Yeah. That was also uh was that the one that was it you or Sam Cohn that like the waitress immediately hated? Yeah, one of us. I think it was Sam. Very <laughs> short was Sam and his orders, and he was just, you know, just ordering basic stuff, right? I, I think it might have actually been you too. Somebody had something <laughs> like there, there was no implied disrespect, but like the waitress took disrespect. Like yeah. she she did not appreciate you guys. They and me. Just- me being the dad that I am, you had to just kind of calm down the waitress, did like the condescending talk, and then away we went. Condescending <laughs> talk. It was great. It's so, also like 10 30 a.m. and you guys are riling up a, a waitress. I wasn't I, I ordered a Bloody Mary. It's not, I, what did I do? I don't I don't know what I did wrong. I don't remember to be honest. It was a year ago. I can't remember. John, I don't think you give off Bloody Mary vibes to me, but, but then again, you do. I don't know. Then again, you do. I'm not a Bloody Mary guy. Well, he marries like, a solid drink. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not like judging on it whatsoever. I know people enjoy it. I'm just not really a Bloody Mary guy. Like, if I had the uh, choice, I'm going to choose mimosa over that. Jabal just said, "You don't give up Bloody Mary vibes." Then again, you do. It's the complexity of John DeCarlo. Like, how oh, just... should I be prepared for my pockets to be tonight? That's the real question. Oh, it's it's not cheap. <laughs> um, yeah. I forget how much it is, like a, a a round or how many. I don't know. It's based upon like time. That's right. Like you buy like an hour or whatever you buy. Oh Lord. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you probably need to buy like two hours, three hours. But yeah. They'll they'll take you through the whole spiel. They'll just, you do just your play and you there's just, eight of us. Uh, well, I'm sure got, that'll be a well, I'm sure that'll be a well coordinated effort. I'm sure eight, they'll eight they'll probably put you in like two different bays. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is what happens when you like Lawrence or Kenya playing stuff. Oh man. <laughs> I'm sure it'll go well. I'm sure he it'll not a cheap guy. <laughs> Well, enjoy your your time off in yes, your luxurious La Quinta Inn. Yes, and uh, you guys will be hearing from uh, you guys will be following Javon and Caden uh, down in Fort Worth for coverage of the tournament. Thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in for this episode again. Thanks for Mike Greenspan uh, for joining us on the scoop at the outset of the show uh, and for Greenspan and Greenspan Injury Lawyers for sponsoring the scoop. Looking forward to our relationship with them. Hope you guys are all doing well, and we'll talk to you soon.